five, four, three, two, one. Crashing noises and hard rock and roll music. Hey, boys and girls, this is Christian Miller. You're listening yeah. to the com podcast. Uh, I don't have intro music again because electronics and communications and all that sort of stuff is hard. Anyways, hello everyone. Happy Wednesday, not Thursday. Happy Happy Wednesday. Um, again, this is the TopSpeed.com podcast. TopSpeed.com is your internet home for all of the crazy, cool, amazing automotive things that you want to know about. It has an engine, wheels, goes fast, all that sort of stuff. We like to talk about it. Joining me today is our editor-in-chief, Justin Coupler. Hello, Justin. Hello, Christian. Hello, Top Speeders. I hope everyone's having a fine hump day. Hump, hump. There you go. Uh, Also joining us, as always, is the wonderful Mr. Mark McNabb. Hello, Mark. Thanks, guys. What's up? Everything is good on my end. All right. Awesome. So, again, this is the TopSpeed.com podcast. We would love to welcome you. Uh, Again, this is Wednesday instead of Thursday because, as you can see behind me, I am not in my normal little space. I am actually in Colorado right now visiting with Flying Miata. drive a bunch of cool cars. There's a bunch of news about that coming soon. Um, last night I flew in, picked up a supercharged Miata, drove to the top of Pikes Peak, had a great day. Um, also, because I'm in Colorado and the internet here is different than it is back home, I might get a little choppy, I might get a little torn up. I apologize if anything happens. If I fall out, Mark and Justin should carry the show on without me. So, Otherwise, yeah, let's go ahead and get this thing started. Hello? Uh-oh, I think I'm already losing them. I'm here. Electronics are hard. Now I don't see you. That's okay. You can still hear me, right? Yeah. It's probably that's better this most, way. Yeah, that's that's probably the most the most important part. All right. Anyways, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna get started with our weekly wheels. Uh, we're gonna start with Mark, who's driving a Cadillac. Tell me about it, Mark. Yeah, man. This is uh, the 2014 Cadillac CTS, and man, this thing is fine. Um, I did get the chance to drive the previous generation, like a 2010 Cadillac CTS, back in the day, and it was a nice car. But this is just like leaps and bounds ahead of that as far as fit and finish, the way it looks, the way it drives. Uh, it's it's literally like a different brand. It's it's that good. Um, my tester came with a 2.0 liter uh, turbocharged inline four, uh, making like 272 horsepower and um, a decent amount of torque, about 100 and, or 295 foot pounds. So it's pretty it's pretty peppy. It's made it to a six speed transmission which is uh, good enough. It shifts uh, pretty quickly when you put it in sport mode and manual, so that's always nice. However, the engine does exhibit uh, just a little bit of a raspy four-cylinder kind of not Cadillac-esque noise when you're under hard acceleration, but otherwise it's, it's pretty quiet. 
Uh, also, I did get the chance to run down to my local Cadillac dealer and test out the 3.6 liter naturally aspirated V6. That engine is, I hate to say it, far and above better than the, the 2.04 cylinder. Uh, it's a lot quieter, a lot more peppy, and it just feels a lot more refined. So I think if I was going to buy the car, I would definitely buy the 3.6. But the uh, the 2 liter works well enough. Um, see the interior? That's where the story's at, really. I mean, this thing was beautiful. It had this, like, 12.3-inch customizable display. It looked great. It had, like, four different gauge clusters you could use. It had the uh, uh, Q infotainment center, which I kind of liked, and the um, the touchscreen dash as far as, like, all the volume controls, the AC controls, everything like that was actually a touch panel. So it, it was kind of different, but it still worked well enough. Um, rear seat legroom was awesome. Trunk was big. Driver's seat was perfectly comfortable. Yeah, I I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with this car through and through. I I really like the CTS. I, I, I want one bad. It's beautiful. It's it's really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, and seeing one in person, seeing it in pictures is nice, but seeing them in person... I've not really been the new one. Justice. What's that? I, um, I, I haven't been in the new one, but I liked the last two generations really a lot. Yeah, um, the the last generation, you know, it really brought that whole art and science theme uh, to the forefront, and it um, it looked a lot better than the first generation. Um, I liked that car, and I got to drive it quite a bit because I, I had a family member that had one. But um, this is so much better, and it's so much um, even the pedal placement. I I had that was one of my biggest gripes with the last car was the the accelerator and the brake were so far apart that you literally had to pick your foot up each time you wanted to switch pedals. This is not the case. It's it's so much better um, designed ergonomically. There was no um, weird uh, ergonomic issues that detracted from the, the driving experience at all. So I, I have to give it to GM as far as that. Is, you know, they did a really good job designing this car to make it comfortable, fun to drive, and exciting. Um, and it's just got this crazy appeal to it that you just you look at it and you're like, wow, that's nice. Um, and that's what a Cadillac should be, and I feel like they're finally getting back to the the the, the namesake of what a Cadillac should be. You know, it's finally a competitor to BMW and Mercedes. You said it has that the, the touchscreen. You said it has for controls. That's um, you said that as HVAC controls too, or did I mishear? Yeah, I mean, there are basically no knobs. So there's on no the redundant console. There's no redundant knob or anything for that. So if it dies, you're kind of SOL. Um. Yes, but then again, I don't think it would be because it's honestly, if you've ever used a Droid phone, like one of like mm -hmm. the Droid One, it feels a lot like using that with a haptic feedback because it vibrates almost in the same manner. So when you slide your your finger for like the radio volume, the tuning, or the um, the HVAC controls, it feels a lot like that. But I don't think it, it it's ever going to quit. I mean, it just seems it seems well built. Um, there are redundant features for the or redundant redundant steering wheel controls for the volume. So I found myself using that a lot just because my hand rested right there. Also because um, it was just easier. The haptic feedback works, but not as well as like the steering wheel button. So and so yeah. I always find it, I always find it odd that they don't they don't put redundant controls like on the Honda Fit I had. There were no controls for the audio system except for the the touchscreen. Yeah, I'm not, I mean. It's 
it's not that the it's the not that there's a need for the reduction like that. It's just a, it's just a different yeah. It's just a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Christian. All of that. I think sort Christian's of on a bit scary, of delay. You know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it looks like uh, I am. Have to take. Oh, there we go. Yes, I am on a on a with that whole situation, that whole scenario is with a haptic, even with the haptic feedback for a touchscreen, you have to actually look down and touch the to fits a knob. You sort of know where it is, and you can just reach your hand over without looking Mm -hmm. and find that knob. Yeah, and I found that issue big with the fit because the volume um, is one little itty bitty button up at the very top of the screen, and you have to really look and go, and you have to keep on doing this <laughs> to get it to go up. Yeah. That, well, that, I didn't really have a problem with taking my eyes off the road when using this one, so because the dash is it's almost really short because it's it's got a forward lean to it, mm-hmm. so there's not a whole lot of room from looking up to looking down. So um, I, I didn't really have that problem. Okay. Wow, this flag is really terrible, and I really apologize to everyone. Um, I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to talk about my car real quick, and I'm going to talk about it constantly so we don't have any real breaks, and then we can take questions afterwards. Uh, last week, I was driving the Porsche Panamera S, and it was really awesome and also really kind of terrible. All at the same time, for a lot of strange reasons. So let's go into the good stuff. They go at being a Porsche for the most part. Very well built, very fast. The steering wheel was great. The seating position was perfect. Like all that stuff was super awesome. But you also kind of run into this issue of it's a big hybrid. And the thing is almost 17 feet long. And so that sort of detracts from the experience you expect. But anyways, this was the Panamera SE hybrid. So it's a plug-in hybrid, which is really cool. It was sort of it felt like the future to go home and plug in my car. Um, on a full charge, it'll go 15, 16 miles, uh, depending on how how you drive it. So I was able to get like almost 90 miles to the gallon to show up on the on the dash because I was able to drive off fuel. So that whole idea. It's really cool. It feels really it's really nice like that. I did run into a couple issues though where I could sort of catch the system up. If I was driving and I gave it a little bit of gas to cut the gasoline engine in, but I was also right when the transmission was trying to shift, the whole system would sort of pause and stumble over itself for a second or two. So that that got kind of a, a, a annoying. But I did have the sport chrono package. I have a little sport button. I could you know, push it, the suspension got really stiff, and the car would accelerate really quickly, the transmission would change a lot. Um, along with the batteries and stuff, it's got a supercharged 3-liter three, three V V6, 
416 horse, horsepower, so really peppy. Uh, 0 to 60 comes in 5.5 miles an hour. So it's kind of a super hybrid. Um, and it was great. I, I took it up to the Dragon, uh, which is the tail of the Dragon. I wrote a piece about that. that. Um, 300 and like 11 turns and 11 miles. Really crazy road. Um, and the Porsche did really good until I almost broke it. I started to overheat the car and it went into this weird sort of halfway limp mode thing where it kicked my traction control in and it kicked me up a couple of gears and it wasn't happy with me for beating on it. But up until I hit that point, it was a great car and uh, I, I really kind of like it a lot. Now, before I get in the question here, I have to say hi, Holty. He said hi. He's online listening as always. Uh, he or she, I don't know if it's a him or her. But um, now, it's when a you him. put it's a him, okay. Now, when you um, put this thing into electric only mode, um, how how much of a performance drop do you see? Is it really like god awful? Oh my god, I can't believe it's a Porsche slow, or is it just kind of average? It's almost got 300 pound feet of torque in pure electric mode. It's it's totally fine to drive. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. Hey, it appears that my lag has fallen off as well because you guys responded really quickly that time. For now. Sweet. <laughs> Yay, interwebs. Again, yes, again, everyone, I, I apologize tremendously. Like I said, the, the internet where I'm at is a lot slower than expected, so I'm, I'm having to fight through that a, a little bit. But, yeah, so, like, when you start the car, that's the weirdest part. You get in, you hit the key, and there's a little gauge to the left of your main main cluster that's just like your power usage meter for whether you're charging the batteries through like charge braking or if you're like efficient or not. But when you turn on the car, that little needle bounces up to ready, but there's no noise because it's a battery car. And you hit the pedal and you take off and it's like wow, this is this is weird. But um it's it's mostly weird because you're staring wow. at a Porsche badge, and you realize you're sitting in a car that is filled with two tons of leather and aluminum, and it's, I don't know, it's crazy. So it's, it's kind of like driving a fast Prius with a really nice interior. <laughs> no. That's <pushing> it, <laughs> no, because like, I, I guess that's the thing that makes it feel like the future for me, is it doesn't feel like a Prius at all. It feels like just a really solid, well-built car. Like, in, in pure electric mode, it just feels like a big luxury car, like you might get from, like, an S-Class or something. You get in, you shut the door, and it closes with this huge thump. Or if you want to, you can just barely let the door close, and it's got, like, the automatic door closers on it and all that sort of sort of stuff. And it just feels like a car. It's big, it's substantial, it doesn't feel like you're sitting in a box made of cardboard and, and, and tin foil. But when you hit the pad, take off you don't get injured also it appears the lag now, have you ever driven the uh, the standard gas powered Panamera I have not yeah, driven the standard gas powered Panamera have you ever driven the, the gas powered Panamera I never right. mentioned it no. ah, so I was wondering Wondering how the comparison is, you know, the batteries being down down low in this thing, um, handles better or worse. Uh, yeah. Um, it's always interesting to see if these things handle better or worse the low center from, ground because of the batteries. <clears throat> from people that I've talked to, from people, the normal Panamera probably 
handles better for most One other thing, when 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 you get this car as a press vehicle, um, is it just standard old plug-in, or is it? Do they give you like a pack that comes with it? You plug into the wall, then plug it into the pack, or how does that work? Uh, it has a in in the back. There's a little bag that has this whole charging accessory thing to him. it. So um, it starts off that there is no. It's just a really bad lag. So it starts off where you have this like big box. It's kind of funny shape. It says Porsche yeah. on the side. It's got a touch screen to tell you if you're charging or not. And that has it's it's almost like a, a laptop charger where it splits into two two pieces. You have the big brick with a cord that plugs into the car, and then into that big brick you can plug either a 240 cord or a 120 cord. I don't have a 240 it works just fine. Um, off of my house on the 120, it did take like. Well, over 13. actual electric charging port up, up there, so I was able to plug it in on a big two, 240 plug. Uh, but if you're on a 240, Porsche says it takes like. Four and a half. These originally expected. You guys there? Yeah, it's we're not now. It's fixed. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, so the, yeah, we're here. It's, here. it's up, yeah. up and everything's good now. Yep. Again, again, guys, yeah, I'm back. going on. So I think happy Wednesday. probably the best course of action from here forward. Yes, happy <laughs> oh, Wednesday. I what think a, what a way to have the probably the best course of action from 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 here forward is uh, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to do my version of the own drive. Is kind of okay and comfortable with that. Yeah, that works, works for me. <laughs> now, does the feed oh. run through you, though? I don't think the feed back in five minutes, and I'll turn it back on, and we'll fight yeah, with it for a little bit. But our own drive burn this week is from Dean Toxic, and you'll hear Mark. Oh, gosh. And Justin's version of it. Um, it's an Aston Martin DB5, a Lotus Esprit S1, and an Aston Martin DB V12. Uh, um, yeah, it was hell yes, DB V12. And I'd burn a Lotus Esprit because I don't really care about the Lotus Esprit. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mark and Mr. Justin. Um, and I will see everyone next week. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> see, see ya. Be safe, man. Have fun. <laughs> okay, now let's see if we can uh, continue this without losing the feed. Uh, wow. I'm telling you what. Like, this has been fun.
Yeah, this is a this is a blast. Uh, okay, guys, so you're now here just with uh, Mark and myself. So no yeah. Christian. Christian now, is in Colorado so where the interwebs that's not That's kind of a lie so. I just found out. Yeah. Hi, hi. <laughs> it's probably because of all that uh, you know that you found. Hi, guys. Real quick thing. Um, it's going to show that I'm online because I won't. Oh hi! In the theater without cutting out. We were just about to talk bad about you. So I'm just going to mute the microphone, and I won't actually be here, but the show will say I'm here. So bye. (laughs) Hey, hey! You can just type comments, type comments, and and we'll we'll voice them. Christian will be here in spirit. (laughs) But anyways, okay. Like a dove (laughs) over the show. Now you have the two guys at Camp City on track running the show. This is going to be just great. <laughs> God. We might as well just quit while we're ahead. Yeah. Not that we're really ahead, but... <laughs> Anywho, so... Um, okay, on. all right, all right. Okay, looking at our um, our thing here, we we got to start talking about... Uh, Justin, you yeah. are the uh, SVT Mustang. Let's let's hear about some SVT Mustangs. All right, some SVT awesomeness. For those of you who remember, the SVT Mustang was one of the most awesome Mustangs ever made, and I guess the name is now coming back. And they've been testing it on Nurburgring lately, and it is a whole hell of a lot of awesomeness. Uh, the video alone is badass. I mean, they're beating the wang out of this thing and making all kind of tire noise, uh, V8 growling like crazy, and the nicest thing is... That V8 is obviously nothing but motor. No supercharger wine, no turbocharger, no electronic gizmo, gasmo, spooling anything up. 100% all motor, which is a great thing. Um, and we're expecting somewhere in the 500 horsepower range, somewhere about there. Uh, but the big thing is this body kit. I mean, if you look at this thing, it looks like it was ripped right out of a like a GT series somewhere. Um it looks like a pure race car, and it's obviously going to be the competitor for the Z28, um, which Ford has yet to really release anything to compete. They had the Boss 302, but that was kind of iffy whether or not that would be a true competitor, and also it was discontinued, I think it was last year's last year for it. Um, so this past year they had nothing to compete, and looks like they're going to have the SVT to take care of that. Um, the naming is still kind of iffy uh, because we're thinking it's going to be SVT. We know the Shelby name is gone. So we can only assume it's going to be SVT. You know, they could surprise us and maybe bring out the SVO name again or something, but that's pretty doubtful. But it looks like we're looking at SVT as the most likely um, scenario here. Now, I have, I have a couple questions. Well, statement first. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. That body kit is fantastic. And, yeah, we're talking about the new 2015 Mustang. It looks great. Um, mm-hmm. Question. Do you think this is really going to compete with the Z28, or is this going to mostly compete with the ZL1? Well, I think the Z01, I think we're going to see something bigger for the Z01. I think we're going to see like the, probably like the GT350 or something like that be more than the Z01 competitor. Just looking at the way this body kit's set up, it just looks like it's supposed to compete with the Z28. Because the Z01 is kind of more the, the straight line, pure horsepower, muscle, raw kind of car. You know, America. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. the Z28 has more of the, the aerodynamics, the downforce, lower horsepower, but better handling. So this Next, is going to be Ford's track car. That's what I'm thinking. Is that that's really what it looks like, and the way they're throttling this thing, it looks like it's capable enough to handle the Z28. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Christian's saying it's going to be the Z28 or Z06. So yeah, I, I I can see that. I can see that. But um, so do you think they're going to maybe bring back the Boss name or something to compete with the ZL1? 
I, I don't think so because the boss name was pretty much killed. There's a reasoning behind them killing it. Um, there's a distinct reason. It's something about the original was only for a couple years. So they kept it like just a couple years like they did originally. Uh, what we're looking more like is like a GT350 or GT500 that's going to be the higher horsepower version. At least that's what sweet. I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, that's at least what I'm hearing. You know, if they if they did a GT500, that would make sense because obviously it's probably going to be the, the, the 5 liter V8. I mean, that mm -hmm. would be... That would be fantastic, and I know that that engine has to sound so good because it it has sounded awesome in the past. I mean, Ford has one of the best, has some of the best sounding engines forever. I mean, as Ever. long as I can remember, it's always been Chevys have that that pinging sound when you put headers and exhaust on it. When you upgrade a Mustang headers exhaust intake, gets that real throaty grumble that Chevys just can't quite match. Yeah, I mean, even stock, I mean, even the old 4.6 liter V8, I mean. That, that thing sounded awesome in the oh, old yeah. GTs, you know? Yeah, they always always have. I don't know what it is what Ford does with their whole exhaust intake system, but it just always sounded so much better, even back yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, they're awesome. Rolling in my 5 oh. Yes, sir. And speaking of uh, of quicker American cars, what do you have here, Mark? I think there's an ATS-V on the... Yeah, the dude. So uh, apparently GM has got this thing rolling around the Nürburgring, and uh, we think it's going to be the CTS-V, not the V-Sport, the upper level V, and and uh, we're thinking it's going to have that 3.6 liter V6 uh, that is twin turbocharged. Uh, this oh. is going to be the same engine that is uh, currently in the CTS V Sport. Um, but rumor has it that GM is going to take that 420 horsepower engine and maybe do some stuff to it. Hopefully, looking at like 450 horsepower out of the ATS. That'd be pretty doggone sweet. I mean. That's that's a, not a big car, and that's a lot of horses oh, for that small car. And then that's, is that going to be is that both the coupe and sedan, or is that just going to be in the coupe? Or now, wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, as far as we know, it's only going to be in the sedan at first. Yeah. At least that's what we see tracking around Nurburgring. Uh, I mean, oh my gosh, could you imagine that in the coupe? That would oh, be that fantastic. Would be, uh, I mean, they have a three they have a three series uh, M3 and M4 fighter in one if they release both. I was going to say that you know like. If they had both, they could totally go head to head with a three and the four from BMW, and so like, it, I think that would be a sweet marketing move, and it wouldn't cost them any money because literally all they have to do is put the suspension bits and the engine right over. The body isn't that different. Well, I mean, they don't have to do anything with the body differently. So I mean, it's yeah, it would be a very low cost thing to to make the ATS V in the coupe model as well. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. That's gonna. That's incredible. It's nice to see Cadillac bringing all these V, the V labels out there. With the Escalade V Sport is rumored, the CTS V and the ATS V. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of goodness coming over now with uh, the old um, Audi chief heading over to Cadillac. I think we're just gonna see so much more of this. Yeah. And all these rumors should eventually become real. I think. Yeah, and another thing too, it's, you know, Cadillac has to maintain that V and that V Sport because. Uh, you know, you've got obviously the M division from BMW, and then Lexus is really pouring a lot of money into their F lineup, both the F and the F Sport. And so, you know, I really think in order to compete, uh, Cadillac really has to throw some cash at this, and it seems like they are. So, I, you know, kudos to them for that. Yeah, and and the only real oddball left here in the in the luxury realm is going to be Infinity. I mean, the only thing close to that is the IPL. Well, the El Rouge or whatever, you know. Yeah, maybe they're going to move the Rouge name to other models, but they're kind of going to be the, the odd ones out if they don't start moving on that because the yeah. IPL is kind of just handling and some aero bits from what I know. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, 
let's move to the next one here. We got the the Darth Vader car. What in the world is that? Oh my! This is really cool. Uh, speaking of GM, uh, <laughs> what they did. This is a, basically a Corvette C5, so, you know, the, the older ones. But uh, Mattel, or no, not Mattel, Hot Wheels, whoever they're owned by, uh, decided that they, you know, were going to make a Hot Wheels car look like a Darth Vader car. So, you know, they had the original design of, you know, we're going to make the little bitty Micro Machine, you know, Hot Wheels thing. And then they said, you know, let's go ahead and build a real model for this. And they're showing it at Comic-Con, which I think is probably over by now. Yeah, but the uh yeah, so it's basically got a lowered chassis from a C5, um, so it's closer to the ground, probably better handling, and then the body is entirely carbon fiber and, like, aluminum. So this thing oh weighs, like, half the weight of a regular C5, and it's got more horsepower, and it looks like Darth Vader. <laughs> that, that's just that's just win, win, win. i got to have one. I mean, yeah. it's a must. Well, it sucks, though. That seat only hits, what, 150? Come on. <laughs> oh, you know, come on. that was just a, a nice, easy estimate. But I'm sure this car could do a little bit more than that. But, uh, uh, oh, and speaking of the engine, it's not that, you know, the 5.3 or whatever, the 6-liter from the, the C5. No, no, no. This is the LS3 with the 6.2-liter from the uh, C6. So it's making uh, not only the more horsepower from the C6, but it's also got more than that. So... 526 horses, flywheel. That, that, that's all right. That the force is definitely just, strong with this one. Yes, I could just imagine driving down the road and you see this insane thing pull next to you. That is just crazy. It is. Yeah. And the best part, you can hit a button on the inside, and it makes the lightsaber sound and the <sighs> <laughs> noise. So, you know. Uh, Star Wars nerds everywhere lining up to buy this one. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm curious. Are they going to auction this? Is there any rumor about auctioning it? Or is I, this they have to, man. I mean, this is this is awesome. I could just imagine someone taking this thing home, but I I imagine it's going to be pretty expensive if someone wants be, to do it. It'd be sad to see this thing meet the fate of so many show cars, where it just goes to the crusher and disappears. That would be oh, so sad. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. They can't do that. This thing's now, too wonder, cool. Maybe the Corvette Museum will buy it. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> that is absolutely. Yeah. I'm just staring at this thing. It's just pure awesomeness. But uh, anywho, uh, moving on to other awesome stuff that looks absolutely insane. I uh, have a little piece here about the Polaris Slingshot, um, yeah. which is the latest motorcycle slash car slash track rig beast from Polaris, which is kind of an unusual brand to see who released this because Polaris kind of, you know, back in my days of riding ATVs, Polaris was always kind of like the utility quad or, you know, they had a couple little sporty ones, but they were never really overly sporty. They're known mostly for their utility. Then they came out with the, um, what's it, the Razor, their uh, little side-by-side, and then that kind of brought them into that sporty realm. And now with this thing, I mean, it's insane. little 2.4 liter, I think it is, from a GM, you know, the old... um, the 2.4 liter was in like every single car GM ever yeah. built. Yeah, the Eco um, something or whatever. Ecotech or something like that. Yeah. 173 horsepower, 166 pound-feet of torque. Doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when you consider this thing can't weigh but uh, – what's it weigh? We don't have the weight on it yet, but it can't weigh but maybe – I would say like 1,200 know. pounds, man. It's like 16, 1,666 pounds. Yeah. At 173 horsepower, that is just completely insane. I mean, There's that's no like Cor- – yeah, that's like Corvette – power-to-weight ratio. I know, and that, that's one thing people forget about so often is just how important that power-to-weight is. You can have all the horsepower in the world, but if you're moving a 10,000-pound you know, land barge, 
it's not going to go anywhere. You have you know 500 horsepower in that size car, it's not going anywhere. So you get 173 in a 1,600-pound car, or actually bike, car, hybrid, whatever you want to call this thing. That thing's going to be a screamer. Um, oh, yeah. No roof, no roof, no safety features, no anything. I'm sure they're going to title this thing as a motorcycle. I highly mm-hmm. doubt they can legally title it as a car because it has no front bumper, has no airbags. Three-point seat belts with an exposed cab, and I don't even think that's actually legal. I think in a roadster like that with no uh, roof, you have to have four-point, I think. I'm not even sure. That might be wrong. Yeah, you, but probably, you probably have to have the five-point safety harness and stuff. I, I would think in modern times. I know the old uh, the old Viper didn't have it, but it still had an enclosed cabin. So <clears throat> yeah. I would assume something like that, unless it's titled as a motorcycle, uh, has to have five points or something like that. But it looks looks flat-out awesome. It's something that can compete with the uh, KTM Expo and the Aerial Atom and things like that. But the most yeah. important thing is it's going to be available in the U.S., and it is a whopping... $19,999 for the base model. What? Sign me up and take my money. Holy exactly. Crap. But the only, the, only problem, the only problem with that is the fact that it's not really useful. I mean, besides going around and flinging it around a canyon road, you can't do much else with it. You can't take it to work every day. If it rains, you're screwed. But, of course, that was the same complaint with the original Viper that had no roof. Oh, dude, it so, doesn't matter. This thing's awesome. Yeah. For 19 grand. Exactly, and I'm sure at some point someone's going to retrofit a roof for this thing, and it's going to look awkward as all hell, but there will be some sort of roof for things like that. But, I mean, it looks absolutely insane. It's fast as all get out and cheap. It is the ultimate enthusiast here's, here's thing, though, right? So, like, <clears throat> you have the, the, the couple who are getting up in age, but they're the biker couple, you know? They're the kind of they have the Honda Goldwing, you know, the big ones, <laughs> and they go, crew, you know, touring. But, you know, old Mr., you know... John there, he can't really keep the bike up anymore, so they traded in for one of these. And it's a it's a bike. It's not enclosed. It's mm-hmm. open, but they now have seatbelts and it doesn't tip over and they can still go cruising. I I think it's kind of like a replacement for like a cruising motorcycle almost. I mean yeah. this thing is awesome. Yeah, and it's really neat they did the side by side. You know, you have the yeah. uh the uh, the T Rex or I can't remember I think it's called the T Rex. One by KM, it's a front back. So yeah. it still sits like a motorcycle. This is side by side. So, you know, John and Sally can hold hands while they're riding the bike. How sweet. Awesome. <laughs> How sweet. But yes, it's a whole lot of awesomeness. There's tons and tons of, uh, you know, well, not tons, but relatively tons of options for this thing. And infotainment center for like two grand, iPhone cases, and all kind of weird stuff for it. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's going to be really cool to see this thing slinging around uh, American roads instead of only over in the UK. So that's going to be really cool. Yeah. But. Really awesome rig. Wish we would have gotten a chance to drive it. I shot a link over to uh, the players to try to get it, but they went with only motorcycle sites. So, yeah. But hey, we have a motorcycle site. Yeah, we have a motorcycle site, but unfortunately on, it's players. not heavily populated. <laughs> oh, we didn't say that. Yeah. Um, but looks like that's pretty much oh. all we have. Oh, Christian is, is commenting here, and he's not happy. Uh, so cheap, so fun. Uh, then they usually get a trite conversion for the going. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> yeah, I see that a lot here in Florida. People do yeah, we get the, the trite conversions. It looks oh, yeah. really silly, but, you know. What's, what's really cool is when they do the fake trike. It's almost like they put training wheels on the side of it, so it still has a center wheel, but also has the two training wheels on the side. Yes. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. AWE, tra- those are Man. training wheels. <laughs> Oh, oh, that is, that's so appropriate. Yeah, so I guess we're pushing on the end of everything we have. Christian has a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, but unfortunately, 
He's not here to talk about it. I want to talk about um, one last thing, and that's the new i8. Um, it's a one-off version that is going to be auctioned off at the, what is it, the Concourse, what's it called again, Concourse d'Elegance um, yeah. in Pebble yeah. Beach. This is a one-off edition. I'm sure it's going to go for a million dollars. Um, the details are still rather sketchy on it. Um, we know it's going to have a bespoke paint job. It's going to have some bespoke interior things, but um, BMW didn't go too much into it, so it's still sort of a mystery, but it's going to have, of course, the same old uh, 1.5 liter inline three drivetrain. Uh, it was at 357 horsepower, and the hybrid, wow. which is a wonderful thing. You know? Hybrid power, save the environment, hug some, hug some trees, pet bunnies, things like that. Um, and you get bespoke, bespoke ride. So, pretty good, but I'm sure it's going to be outrageously expensive and way out of our pocket, but we will get more on that whenever it comes out because it's still very sketchy, and honestly, I don't know a whole lot about it because of how secretive BMW is all about it. So we'll find that out. Uh, when is Pebble Beach? Uh, I think it is next month, actually. It's in August. So we'll yeah. find that out next month. Uh, let's see. Do you have anything else, Mark? Yeah, I, I do. I have the uh, the Volkswagen EOS, which is soon to be no more. Uh, Volkswagen is killing it for the 2015 model year, so 15 will be the last year. And, in fact, what they have done is they have replaced the sport trim with the final edition. So, sad face for EOS, if you like it. If not, then you really don't care. Um, there seems to be not that much attraction to the EOS because they only sold not so many of them. Uh, I mean, yeah, 12,800, uh, you know, total for last year. So, I mean, that's... No, 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 I'm sorry. The hardtop convertible only moved 4,100 units in 2013 in all of the United States. Wow. Now I'm curious. Are they more just are they more killing it, or are they just putting it out of its misery, taking it behind um, the barn, gun to its head, and say, "See you later." Yeah, I don't. You know, maybe a little bit of both. Because I mean, this thing is. Uh, you know, when it first came out, it really wasn't well received either. Um, it just, which it, it really makes me wonder. It is kind of expensive for a Volkswagen. It's cheaper than like the Lexus ISC, but I mean you still get a hardtop convertible, you know. Eh. And the car just it never really took off well. So uh, Volkswagen's uh, putting its tail between its legs and shooting it. <laughs> <laughs> At least it knows when to end it. I think I think they yeah. left it go a little bit too long, but okay. Yeah. How many years was it? Like five years or something? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm right now. I'm playing the the smallest sad violin. Ever. <laughs> and he, even Christian, Mr. Volkswagen, says, Yay, die, Eos, die. <laughs> Amen. Yep. Okay, so I guess we'll move on to questions and answers. Uh, Christian, yep, you can it. answer in the uh, in the comments. We'll see what your answers are here. This one comes from, I'll take the first one. I guess you can take the second one there, Mark. Let's do it. Alan Miller, he says, Guys, what would be your pick for the most anticipated 2015 cars? I, for one, can't wait to see the new Jag XE. What do you think, Mark? Um, yeah, the Jag XE is really cool, but I have a whole other list. Uh, number one, topping that list, and I have to say it just because it is the the best-selling ever um, car, is the Ford F-150. Um, and yes, I am a truck guy, but it's not just because I'm a truck guy. But the, the new aluminum body is going to be really um, a game changer, and I think a lot of the other truck manufacturers are going to have to go to that in order to...
compete. Um, and I mean, to have an aluminum body on such a high volume car is just, you know, a total, total game changer. So that's probably number one. Um, let's see, number two, you know, the, the, of course, you know, we've got the, the Corvette Z06 coming out. That's going to be pretty fantastic. Another thing from GM is going to be the, the new Colorado and Canyon trucks. Um, so it, I think that's going to kind of revive the, uh, the small truck market as well mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, revitalize GM in that area as well. So how about how about you, my friend? Well, I agree with you on the Ford F-150. That's a that's going to be a game changer for sure. I mean, I'm surprised it took this long to get aluminum in a truck, but so be it. But I'll um, I'll agree with you definitely on the Chevy Z06. That was uh, my pick. I can't wait to see that 650 horsepower, 650 pound-feet of torque, low three seconds to 60. And this thing is going to be insane. It's going to be you know a true supercar killer from Chevy. Looks sexy. It's just as it's just as fast as some of the lower end supercars. Handles close to them. It's just going to be a whole lot of awesome. And the other one I also match you is the uh, the Colorado um, Canyon Twins. Um, yeah. I'm more excited to see the diesel coming into the small pickup. Yeah, um, the two point cool eight. Yeah, it's awesome seeing it tri- seeing it trickle its way down to the uh, to the smaller full size pickups. But to see it coming into a mid size pickup is really gonna really gonna reinvent the entire mid size pickup range. I think. Going to see high torque from a small pickup that's going to be able to actually tow something. Yeah, I can just imagine this thing getting like 30 miles a gallon on the highway. Because the Ram EcoDiesel gets 28, and it's a V6, oh, yeah. and a full-size truck. So imagine what a four-cylinder and a mid-size truck will get. Oh, it's, yeah. It's fantastic. It's going to be outrageous. I mean, it's, it's going to completely change the way people look at trucks. Yeah, it, it's just um, – it, it's – it's it's going to be pretty fantastic. So agreed. Yeah, it's uh it's going to be a game changer, and I think the other manufacturers are going to have to you know get into it as well, uh, whether they want to or not. I know Ford has killed off the Ranger years past, and um, honestly, I think the truck market really misses the midsize category. It does. I mean, we had the the Dakota for the longest time, and the Ranger, and then the uh, the Colorado Canyons. I I think we're going to see probably a return of some Ford midsize truck. Maybe they'll bring the Ranger. I don't know. Yeah. We'll likely see something come from Dodge. They they have to respond. There's no way they can't. Yeah. And gosh, could you imagine the Volkswagen R Mark or whatever it is coming over finally? Oh, that would be what a that beautiful would be so truck. Awesome. That truck is awesome. I think truck fans have been waiting for a long time for that one. That's way, way, way overdue. I, I about crapped my pants the first time I saw that truck whenever it first debuted as a as a concept like five years ago. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I I have to buy that truck. It looks so yeah. fantastic, even five years ago. So Yeah. I think VW kinda killed itself with its with its truck offering back in the I want to say it was the seventies or eighties with the um <laughs> yeah. what was it the rabbit truck or whatever. I was thinking the same thing, yeah, the little, <laughs> little, little rabbit thing. Uh Christian, do you have anything type in the comments and we'll respond what's your most uh anticipated car coming up if you're still online? Uh it was like F type with a manual. Oh, F type. F type. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Don't don't hold your breath, Christian. <laughs> I think an F-Type with an all-wheel drive system before you get the F-Type manual. <laughs> and all of a So was a Ford Pinto. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, man, don't hate on the Chevy Vegas. <laughs> we should, that, that needs to be our, our theme for next week. Like, awesomely terrible cars. Oh, I, think I have that, all. That, that should be our next section next week. 
I have a list about near yay long. <laughs> <laughs> awesomely terrible cars. Well, why don't we get into some awesomely awesome cars? Uh, oh, wait, we have one more question. One more mm -hmm. question. From this is from Fred Grant. Hey guys, uh, <laughs> would you want your girlfriend slash wife like this? Insert video here. If any of your wives are reading this, you know the right answer. Uh, and the video would be of two cars drifting around these mountain pass, uh, really awesome, really tight, and you know smoke flames going everywhere. And then the next scene is like the guy and the girl are in their racing suits and they're hugging and kissing as they're you know looking over the mountain pass they just came. Uh, came up. So, um, my answer, yeah, my girlfriend's a pretty sweet driver, so I have no reason not to say that she would ever not drift with me. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. How about you? Does your does your girl like the drift? Well, my wife actually just got her driver's license about a year ago, so <laughs> I don't quite hey, want do her. I don't want to quite have her drifting just yet, but it's a good time to learn. Learn early, and you'll be a pro at it by the time you're about oh maybe she'd be fifty. <laughs> but yes, hey, I would on. love to. I would love to see my wife be able to drift like that. That's it's nothing is more sexy than a girl that can drive or woman. I'm sorry, that can drive like that. It, I just find it sexy. I have no issue with it at all. Yeah, well, Christian is piping up here. My wife is that awesome. She drifted a Porsche once, so or before. So <laughs> yeah, they, they've got um, they've got a Porsche. What's it? Nine four four or whatever. Yeah, uh, apparently, she's gotten that sideways. Hopefully, yeah. on purpose. <laughs> Not on purpose. Not on purpose, but she did. <laughs> Hitting an ice patch doesn't I, count, Christian. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. Yeah, bald tires on a wet road around a curve. I, yeah. <laughs> Not saying that's what happened, but, you know, don't lead us to a believe. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, so cars that we would like to have um, or possibly burn or possibly only drive once. Um, so... Own drive burn. We have the Aston Martin DB5, the Lotus Esprit S1, and the Aston Martin DBS V12. You hadn't figured it out. These are three James Bond cars, and they are all insanely iconic. Justin, what's your answer? Okay, um, I have to go by default because there's two cars I wouldn't dare burn, so I'm gonna have to burn the Lotus. Um, oh. I love I love Lotuses, and they're the awesome, the best cheap man's sports car. I think they're great. Um, but I have to burn it because I can't possibly see myself burning anything with an Aston Martin badge without uh, whatever the name of that silly IQ makeup that Aston Martin did. Um, I would have to, um, I guess, drive the DBS V12 once just for the sheer awesomeness of driving it. And I want to keep the DB5 because it is just it's an icon. It's sexy. It's still relative to this day. It still looks good to this day. It's not one of those classic cars that that aged poorly. It just looks silly today. It looks still looks good, and people it's still a head turner. So I'd have to drive that every day. Drive the DBSB 12 once and set fire to the Lotus Spirit while I weep in the corner. Well, I yeah, I guess I have to second you on that. But I will say, uh, if we are talking James Bond cars. The Lotus Esprit was a submarine, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, that so, is true. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's pretty cool. But uh, in reality, that's a probably probably the one I would have to burn. Uh, sadly, because it looks really cool. Kind of looks like a um, um, a DMC DeLorean. Um, as far as driving once, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to drive the DBS uh, V12 once, just because it's uh, you know it's cool, it's new. Has a V12. How do you say no to that? 
and then of course own every day just because it is so awesome and it has machine guns popping out the headlights. The Aston Martin DB5 uh, from, what is it, Goldfinger or whatever? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think so. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, and if you don't remember, uh, Christian did answer earlier. It, uh, he, he was going to keep the V12, he was going to burn the Lotus, and he was going to drive the DB5 once. And Cyprian, our own Cyprian, said, no, don't burn the Lotus. Sorry, <laughs> man, I, can't, I, can't, I have to pick one, and I can't burn the Astons. Come on. Yeah. I cannot burn an Aston. I'm sorry. But uh, so yeah, that... I, I guess that pretty much concludes our show. So if you guys, you know, leave the comments below in the in the section, uh, please, 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 please give us more own drive burns for next week. Uh, make sure you type out the questions. Uh, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, if you have uh, questions about other cars, or if you have topics that we can cover, anything like that, we uh, we will cover it all. It is all fair game. Uh, so leave that in the comments below or on other sites so uh, or other pages. So with that, I guess uh, this is uh, our podcast for this week. So yeah, And Christian promises he will be back next week and it would be much better because Colorado isn't, uh, you know, he's not suffering from that, you know, high Colorado mountain smoke yeah, over so there. Something about the altitude that screws up the Internet, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, closer to space. <laughs> yeah, farther away. Check us out at that top speed on Twitter. At Top Speed Podcast. Yep, and on iTunes. Make sure Hit to favorite us, iTunes. like us. Like, subscribe, comment. Yep, and rate us five stars. Yes. So, all right, guys. Take it easy. We'll see you guys next week. And here's us playing music. Outro music. All right, kill it. <laughs> At least I know how to play freaking guitar, guys. <laughs>